This is a CBC Podcast. Flight 2018 from Pyeongchang now boarding. We saw a modest revolution at the outset of the Pyeongchang Games. Canadian mixed doubles curlers Caitlin Laws and John Morris threw the first rocks in a brand new Olympic sport. A competition that sees men and women competing equally together on the same field of play. Fellow Canmorite John Morris and his teammate Winnipegger Caitlin Laws join me in Pyeongchang to talk about it. I'm Kelly Vanderbeek, downhiller, broadcaster, and host of PYC Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. How did it feel to jump on top of the top step of that podium? Um, you know what? It was just uh, to be able to... I think the biggest thing for us was seeing our the flag being raised and being able to belt out that anthem. That uh, is, is a feeling you don't have uh, many chances in your life to sort of experience. So when you do, uh, you just sort of feel a rush of emotions. I know Caitlin was sure feeling it out there last night. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly special. Uh, this is the second time in my life that I've ever been able to see the flag raise up for something that we've done. And I knew I was going to have some tears in my eyes. And I was trying to yell, oh, Canada, as loud as I could. But I, I think only a few words were able to come out. Just a couple squeaks. So d- did you guys remember the new lyrics to our anthem? <laughs> no, we, we know the English and French version. And uh, that for my whole life, that's all I care about learning. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you guys were the only um, Olympic medalists in the competition, the mixed doubles, who were coming in with medals ready, not just medals, but gold. You know, double Olympic gold medalist. Has that sunk in? You said the first hasn't even sunk in, Caitlin. To be honest, I don't know if it ever will. It's amazing to be able to share our experiences with everyone back home in Canada. But I kind of, with my teammates, we kind of joke that we're lucky they actually give us medals because it's really actually hard to believe that we've been able to accomplish this. Yeah. And it feels, you know, Vancouver was really hard to compare because it's a home game and uh, you know home games and and uh, winning winning in Vancouver was surreal mm-hmm. um, and to be the first team ever in mixed doubles to win in curling a sport that is really po- gaining a lot of popularity internationally it's huge around the world and it's really starting to gain some traction in Canada now so to be the first ever to win gold at that and now have two gold medals around our necks is uh, you know a dream come true and, and th- something I you know, could never have predicted when I was a, when I was young, but I sure dreamt of it. But you never know if those dreams are going to come true. So it's sure sure a cool feeling. You'll forever be the answer to a Trivial Pursuit question. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming here, let's rewind just a little bit because before coming here, you had 30 minutes of practice together before trials. Then I believe you had a week in Japan before coming here. How did you gel as a team? How was that process? Can you walk us through it a bit? Uh, we've known each other for years. Uh, been playing on the. Uh, world curling tour for over 10 years and so that's when I became friends with John and we we knew that we would have a good dynamic if we made sure that we worked on it and Mm -hmm. so for us the biggest thing was not spending time on the ice it was making sure we had the off ice time to have those conversations Mm -hmm. to know what we needed from each other and it was a bit of a learning process because we started our Olympic trials at two and three and we didn't feel like we were playing poorly we just wanted to make sure we were getting enough from each other to have that support and feel the support so we built on that as the trials went on and we came into the Olympics feeling fresh and excited to play and we had a great training camp in Kitchener-Waterloo before we came over to Korea and my home uh, stomping ground I'm Kitchener-Waterloo <laughs> <laughs> we went to university there so yeah. it was kind of nice to have a cool training environment uh, there and then we spent a few days in Seoul before coming over here 
John, how do you feel you changed as a as a partner? Do you th- do you think there was an evolution for yourself in communication on the ice from trials to the Olympics? Uh, you betcha. You know, I, I think that we were we were learning so much at the trials. Like, you know, when training for curling, whether it's mixed doubles or team, a lot of it's tra- you know translatable. You can, uh, you know, you can. You, so that's why I think that we didn't have to. It wasn't like we had to boil the ocean to, to mm-hmm. you know to to be able to. Uh, you know, you know, to, to be successful because we had a lot of the, uh, the the framework and ground, you know, already finished, already mm-hmm. already in place, and then, but we learned so much at those trials, and as Caitlin said, we started two and three, it was a really um, tough start for us, and we knew our backs were against the wall, we couldn't really afford any more losses, uh, but one of the great things about, and I think why we worked so well together was we didn't panic, mm-hmm. we knew that you know we've been in these in these experience in these. Uh, positions before and we can still we still have uh, we can you know if we come together and if we start making things happen we can still win this so we we, we learned our, our learning curve was very steep but we refused to get negative we we refused to to give up and uh, we just kept tr- you know trying to persevere and learn as much as we could about each other and how to play well together and then by the end of those tri- trials I felt we were really playing well together and then now we had uh, you know having a week together in Kitchen Waterloo and then Seoul before we came here was massive it really mm-hmm. just gave us more confidence allowed us to learn a bit more about the game and about each other and um, as she said felt felt really uh, really really good coming in and uh, you know personally just going back to your question about um, you know how I felt uh, um, a lot of it is instinct you know like it just you don't have a lot of time to think out there in mixed doubles. Yeah, 22 minutes of thinking time. That's there are moments, Kayla, that I heard you. You're like, yep, yep, okay, moving along. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have a lot of time to think, and, and that's what we. I think when we made some errors at the mixed doubles trials was because mm-hmm. we tried to overthink a few things, mm. and we didn't go with our gut, and we overanalyzed a few situations, and we ended up making an error. Well, so, will that change how you play team? Do you think just going with your gut more? Do you think? I mean, I know you guys are both thirds, and so I'm gonna maybe say something contentious, I don't know, but thirds I've heard are, are some of the most versatile players on the ice. You're sweeping, you're doing everything, shot makers. Do you think that this will change you in team or is this just, or is this it? Are you guys just a pair for life? <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing is mixed doubles makes you a, a better player for regular curling mm-hmm. and regular curling helps you with your overall skill set as well for mixed mm-hmm. doubles. So they definitely work well together and I've always been the person on my team that keeps the eye on the clock just to know where we're at and I, I don't like the feeling of being rushed and I, I usually try and overcompensate and rush too much if I know right. that we're tight on time. So mm-hmm. it was important for us to try and make sure that we had a, a good amount of time left at the halfway mark to, so I, I wasn't panicking too much <laughs> and it was funny because sometimes we'd be tight on time and she's like Johnny we got to go and I, I'm always sort of sort of in last minute I'm like ah, we, we're good we, you know I'll, I'll make up for it during my shots and so we'd have, we had a good dynamic there and you could say yeah you balance each other out so that's yeah. good so yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a good dynamic and it was such a positive fun experience uh, these mixed doubles and um, you know, we didn't really know what to expect coming in. We hadn't played a lot of these teams, and we, there was some, you know, really good teams here that had been world champions mm-hmm. in the past. So the fact that we were able to just really enjoy the moment every every moment we were here, and to, you know, to be able to bring home a goal for Canada again, it just feels really cool. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the tournament itself. Uh, Norway, the very first match was a loss. 
you were, I think, really on. You were a little bit off in that first match. And the next time you meet Norway, uh, it was actually Joan McCusker was saying when she was calling it, which you wouldn't have heard. You're busy playing. Um, she was saying, you know, the match she was most nervous for was the semifinal. Because if you win that, you're, you know you're guaranteed a medal. And that just takes a weight off your shoulders. And she said she was terrible for the first half of hers, but then turned it around and came out of it down the other side. And this was right before, Caitlin, you turned it around. What helped you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I was struggling that first half of the semifinal game, and that's the biggest game you'll ever play in, in sport. Was, was it emotions, do you think, and looking back? It, I think it's a combination of, I felt like I was throwing the rock well. I was just mismanaging my speed a little bit. You and changed rocks too, didn't you change it? Yeah. I wasn't loving my stones, mm -hmm. so the combination of not knowing what my rocks were doing was just getting a little bit frustrating. But mm -hmm. John just kept telling me, he's like, be patient, be patient. We'll find a way to make that. Let's switch the rocks around. And Canada fell in love with you a little bit, John, <laughs> through that project. Oh, he's such a good communicator. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I needed that. And then I, I felt yeah. terrible because he was playing so great that game and I just wasn't finishing it off for us. So it's a team. It's a team sport and I, I'm really lucky to have being able to play with such great teammates and especially in John in that game and finally was able to make a couple key shots later on that helped us but uh, I really was struggling so I, I was a little bit disappointed after the game but at the same time so proud to be able to hang in there and bounce back and find our way into that gold medal game. Mm -hmm. And found a way you did. And mm -hmm. against Switzerland in the gold medal game, I mean five-time world champions in mixed doubles, actually in Canada since return of you might not even know these stats because I'm hosting now I know all these stats okay. right I'm becoming a stat anyways um since yeah. 98 in curling we've only ever won gold or silver and our record against Switzerland in the gold medal match is actually a loss Mike Harris lost yes. to Switzerland Patrick Curlman. yeah That's and right. so it was sort of you know it's red and white's gonna win yeah. but which one yeah. you guys must have felt confident going in though you know what I, th I really think the big difference in that game uh, was the fact that we had a lot of big game experience, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being at the Olympics before, and because that team, and especially Martin, is, a, is they're a really good team and good players, and I felt that they might have been a little nervous because mm. they missed a few shots that they usually don't miss, mm. and, uh, and and uh, and you know we, we had a, we played a really I felt a strong game, but uh, also felt that you know this is probably going to come down to the last end, and we got a few misses out of them that were uncharacteristic, and I think what really shone through was just our experience that we'd been in a lot of those big games before, and we were feeling. And, you know, I felt great going in. It's, as Caitlin says, you, you want to have butterflies because if you don't have butterflies, you know, yeah. you're not getting, you know, it's, it's only normal to, to get that. So we had, I'm sure we had, a, we had a little bit of butterflies, but we know how to sort of use those in, in a good way to, to really uh, transfer that energy into some positive stuff out there. All right, John, I have to address the voice. I, I think you lost it around, I, I noticed it around the semifinal. I'm like, it's sounding a little yeah. hoarse. Or when, when do you feel you lost your voice? Well, what happened was... Um, Kate, we got Caitlin sweeping uh, in the second last game, or because mm -hmm. uh, it just was nice to, you know, I had a bit of a, uh, my shoulder was a little sore, and and also she's a fantastic sweeper, mm -hmm. so so we sort of switched things up, and and uh, and then I, you know, I had to call on a lot more, and I don't have a very from curling my whole life, I just have a really small, um, you know, uh, my voice, I lose my voice very easily. Mm -hmm. So I lost my voice there. And, uh, and then uh, after we won and celebrated a little bit, I'm sure I lost a bit more of it. So <laughs> <laughs> we went to Korean karaoke. That, that I would night, be, so. oh, karaoke, who sang yeah. what? Uh, well, Caitlin, unfortunately, was still in doping. But, uh, oh, no. <laughs> so You missed Korean karaoke. Oh, jeez, doping. Come my on. dad was there and we had a great crew and, uh, and we found some good English songs to sing. So we, we had a blast. 
you had a lot of family here. Your parents actually, I think your mom was quoted, John, as saying oh, and she God. got a, a few more gray hairs. Okay, that's a bit It wasn't me. too bad. It wasn't too bad. I'm, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face of terror. Oh, no. Where well, are we going? <laughs> there's a few things she said this, that, I, that was quoted that I thought you were going to bring up. So this, that's a good one. We'll, take that one. we'll talk that one. Yeah. We'll focus on the good okay. ones. Um, what's it like just having family and having that kind of love in the crowd? Uh, you know what? It's, uh, you know, the contingent we had in Vancouver because it was so more so much more accessible yeah. was amazing. I think we had 50 family and friends there, and 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 the rest of Canada was there with us. And uh, but here we had a small but strong contingent. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, having my family there, and, and Caitlin's mom and her brother and her boyfriend, you know, hearing hearing her mom's whistle every time we made, <laughs> you know, some big shots, and uh, it was massive. You know, I know that uh, there's a lot of people back home that really wanted to come but just couldn't logistically. It's very expensive to get here. But having my parents here, having my best buddy Jay here. I had two friends from from university from Laurier that uh, flew in just for the gold medal match from Toronto. That's huge. They had those Moles Bros t-shirts on, and uh, it was really cool. It felt, you know, that just gives you a little more of a, a you know, a shot in the arm to to really try to get her done. And uh, it was uh, something that, as Canadians, I feel we, we have that sort of advantage. No matter where we're playing, yeah. uh, we just uh, have that love for for each other. So. Well, and you guys got her done. And do you find, Caitlin, when you hear in an audience, even though it's a small, like it's just, it's a big stadium. There's a lot of people there are a lot of very engaged fans and yet you can hear your mom's whistle you can like hear their voices it's funny I'm always amazed that that happens it's very distinct and mm. I, I kind of look for it I, I love a loud crowd the, the louder the better the more fun it is for us to try and make shots and it was so special to have our family there with us and to share that experience with them it's something I'll never forget and they've helped us get to where we are and really cool to have them over here Kaylin, a lot of people already know the story. Your dad, you said, is always on the ice with you. How did you feel his presence? Yeah, I mean, he was the one who got me into the sport, and I think about him often. It's really hard to believe it's been 10 years since he's passed away, and I wish more than anything I could just have him be a part of this with me and uh, to be a Canadian champion, Olympic champion two times. Like This is just so surreal, and I know he would be jumping, screaming just as loud as the rest of our friends and family. And uh, yeah, I was really lucky to have a great 18 years with him, but I wish uh, he could be a part of this for sure. I'm sure he is on some mm-hmm. level. Thank you. John, who's on the ice with you? Uh, well, um, I'd have to say my, my grandma passed away uh, this year, and she was 96 years old. And, uh, she was the heart and, heart and soul of her family. And um, I visit her every, every summer when I go to Nanaimo, and I always fish out there. I bring her fresh, fresh fish and cook it for her. And, and uh, I just uh, was given everything I had out there for her, and I'm sure I know she was up there watching, so it felt pretty good. It's a big, we're all going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of my mom now. Yeah, and yeah it's, um, that's the thing with sport is there's kind of a unifying element to it. And uh, the Olympic Games... The IOC is making this big push to have a lot of these types of men and women together working towards the same goal. Do you feel you were a part of something on that movement? Yes, I I think it's powerful to showcase our new sport in mixed doubles, but at the same time, the Olympics is so special. It's so unique. It's the one time every couple years that it brings the whole world together and you can just feel the love and support for for something good and mm-hmm. I think it's so powerful to be able to be a part of that move Olympic movement and curling is a prime example of you know that sportsmanship uh, our game is based off of sportsmanship and the ethics of the game is, is so huge and so for us to be able to share that side of our worlds with the rest of the world I think can only bring some good. 
Is there any difference for you, John, just being on the male side of that story? <laughs> or, or is it just curling? You know what? I think that uh, I don't think we realize as much or when we when we got into this that the impact it might have. And, and especially, you know, being here and, um, you know, I'd never... I'd never played with with women before. I played I played you know junior bantam mix when I was 16 with two guys and two girls and and uh, but never really had played mixed doubles mm-hmm. besides a few times at the Continental Cup. But I think it's something that um, you know is you know that's the power that the Olympics can have is that everyone in the world's watching. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Briar or the world or the Worlds or the Scotties where most of Canada's watching, but not the rest. Of rest of the world so I think that uh, if if we can use that as athletes to really showcase what's what can be really good uh, about sport and what can be really good about in the world and and, and, really, and can have some positive change and I think that's fantastic and I think that as Ca- Canadians I think we can be you know the front runners in that because we've we've always believed in that maybe maybe a bit more before the rest of other countries in the world do so I think if we can use that to, to really showcase to the rest of the world that it's possible and and that uh, you know there is some great potential there then I think that's fantastic absolutely and next up for you Caitlin are you going to Norway your your boyfriend's a pro hockey player and he's got to go back to work I guess <laughs> yeah he left uh, basically the night of our gold medal game he had a couple it's hours so cool he was there I'm so happy he was able to come it would have been really hard to kind of go through this week without sharing that experience with him yeah. and just lucked out that they were on Olympic break as well and he got five days off so we got to see most of our competition and uh, I can't wait to go spend a week with him before coming back here for the closing ceremonies, but it'll be nice to be able to talk about his experience. Uh, he, poor guy was rooming with my mom and brother the whole week, but it sounds like they all got along really well and <laughs> <laughs> no one hurt each other. So it was, it looked like they're all having a blast and he's, he's a great guy and has been a huge support of my curling and uh, really lucky to have that dynamic. John, you now live in Canmore, my yeah. home as well, and a lot of people move to Canmore. There's 20 Olympians, if you include Jan Hudek, which uh, we do in the Bow yeah. Valley. How is it going to be coming home to a community that really gets what you're doing? Well, I didn't know you lived there, so that's cool. We'll I have do. To, we'll yeah, have to hang out one, we, one of these days. When I want you to show me how to curl. Last time okay. I curled, I think I was three feet tall, and oh, I yeah. we had like team outfits on. My yeah. grandpa, we had like a whole family bond spiel, oh, cool. and I, I still have my. Sh- it won't fit me anymore, okay. obviously. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you know what? I didn't. Um, you know, I came from Chestermere. I lived in Chester for most of you know, my time in Alberta, mm-hmm. and there was like a really tight-knit community there, and I'm still great friends with a lot of people there. And But I, at the end of the day, I love the mountains, and that's what really drew me to Alberta in the first place. And having the opportunity to live in the mountains, uh, I don't think life could get any better. And uh, I have nothing but great things. I was, you know, I, I live a bit of pretty low-key life. I'm, I'm sort of off the beaten path there in Camor, and, uh, but they did a... They did a send-off for me at the Camor Golf and Country Club, or Golf and Curling Club, and uh, I was. It was so uh, inspiring because I didn't really know I had any friends there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went to the send-off, and there was the club was packed, and there was juniors there, and it was just really cool to uh, to mm-hmm. see that. So um, I know that uh, that was very inspiring for me, for me, and it made me feel like uh, you know a big part of that community. And I'm really looking forward to going back there and, and sharing this medal with everyone there. I know you love food, and you've been liking the Korean spice. So you can bring yeah. any uh, special Korean food back into your diet in Canmore. Well, uh, I love to cook. Uh, my girlfriend is a chef as well, and so I'm gonna be definitely. You know, I'll be jo- I'll be looking uh, and buying some some uh, some stuff to bring home. I might even buy one of those kimchi pots. Mm. I'd love to uh, ferment some kimchi back home. Uh, 
it's oh. uh, pretty cool dish here and and uh, yeah, bring some bring some Korean culture a little bit back home to Canmore. So Canmore, you heard it here. We're all going over to John's house for <laughs> kimchi. You betcha. I'll, I'll host you guys. That'd be a gold medal <laughs> party right there. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing to sit down, have a good chat with you guys. Is there anything else that you want to leave these Olympics with? Uh, the biggest thing was I just wanted to enjoy every moment and appreciate the opportunity to, to be a part of something really powerful and special. And so we're super excited to cheer on the, the rest of Team Canada and put on our fan hats, our Canadian gear, and go show them the love and support that they've been giving us the, the first part of the games. All right, Caitlin, which sport do you have your eye on most other than curling? I'm just a complete Olympic junkie. I honestly am obsessed. So yeah. I, I can't wait to go cheer on our buddies that are in the bobsleigh and in the hockey teams and speed skating, you name it. I'm just, I'm pumped. I just want to get you're to checking out, Yeah, and today you're checking out snowboard cross. Yeah, so I'm it's so excited to see snowboard cross. Yeah. It's such a cool sport and I would be terrified to do it. So I love watching other people, you know, risking their lives on something that's <laughs> such an extreme sport like that. Yeah. And I'm uh, actually... I met the hockey guys. Uh, I went. I sat down for dinner with them when they first got here, and they're just beauties. They're just all so excited to be here, um, and uh, so I'll, be, I'll be out there cheering them on. The, our, we're good friends with a lot of the women's hockey team as well, um, and I actually uh, I, I bow hunt with Jesse Lumsden all the time on the bobsled team. So I'll be out here. I've never been in the mountains for when we were in Vancouver. We never had a chance to go to Whistler, so we're super thrilled to be here today. And I'll be up here uh, again uh, when the bobsledders are are, uh, are fighting for for their. Men and uh, I'll be ringing that cowbell uh, as, they're, as they're coming through the, the final turn as well. So can't wait to cheer them on. Well, John, at the beginning of the podcast, you said we've got to get her done, and you got her done, and yeah. now we're hoping other Canadians get her done. Congratulations, and thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. My chat with John and Caitlin was recorded in Phoenix Park at Pyeongchang. You can email us at pycpodcast at cbc.ca or hashtag us to join the conversation. Hashtag cbcpycpodcast. Andrew Morales is our mixer. David Giddens is the producer. Ken Wolf is the executive for PYC Podcast. My name is Kelly Vanderbeek. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.